What's happening with it? This is Slink Johnson, a.k.a. Black Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And you're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. How you love that? You are listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network, featuring Pod of Thrones and the Shiznit. This is the Red Rock Podcast Network. From Red Rock Studios in Los Angeles, California, this is the Shiznit. Now, put your hands together for the Shiznit. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Shiznit Show. I'm your boy. I'm your host, Dino Red, and I have with me, as always, my rider dies. Well, at least one of my rider dies. I mm-hmm. guess my other rider die is dead or something. No, she riding somewhere. <laughs> she riding. She riding yes. to the studio right exactly, now. Exactly, exactly. So uh Dejan Monique is not here currently, but I do have with me the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Pip Lilly. Hey now. Hey, if you don't know, you better Google me, bitch. Google me, bitch. So, all right. So today we have a good show for you. Eventually, Dejan will be here. And we have a special guest in the studio. I'm going to just leave that right there for a second. And uh, we will get to him momentarily. But in the meantime, in between time, Pip. Yes, sir. I went to the uh, Martin Luther King parade. Oh, you did? You did? I did. I go every year. Yeah. I don't know if you remember or no. I, yeah. I did know that. Yeah, you take your daughter. You I usually daughter. go every year. Sometimes I take a break. I think last year I might have taken a break, but I went last year. Uh, no, I went this year. Last year I think I took a break. Not positive, but I think we skipped it. Okay. And usually it's me and my daughter and the dog. And my brother, we used to meet him up there all the time, but the last couple of years we haven't hooked up with him. And this year um, I was thinking about taking a break. But then my daughter asked about it. She really wanted to go. And then my my homegirl, CJ, she hit me up and was like, hey, let's go to the parade together. I'm bringing Allie. Allie is her daughter, and her and Danya are like a year apart. Mm -hmm. They've been friends their whole lives. They're, you know, they're real tight. So anyway, um, we hooked up with them, and we went, and we checked it out, and it was the most fun we've had at the parade. That's cool. So it was was good. It It was a good parade anyway. Um, it's always a good parade. It was. Even though CJ did, she made some good points about some things about how they could step it up. And I agree. There was some, you mean the actual production parade? Yeah, like parade? the floats and some of that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not on par with a lot of other parades. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Well, you know. You know what I did for Martin Luther King Day? What's that? I sold white people shit they didn't need. <laughs> That sounds like a great way to honor MLK. I sure did. I got paid good money because it's a holiday. But look, you know what? We got a guest in here. We don't want to keep him waiting. He's got places to go and people to see and things to do. So we're going to go ahead and uh, play this guest intro and get right into our interview with him. And then hopefully Dejan will join us in a moment. What's up, y'all? 
right, so let it, let's welcome none other than the Archbishop Don Magic Wine. Church Priest Tabernacle. <laughs> <laughs> we have a living legend. Yes, we do. Hey, green for the money, gold is for the honey. That's right. <laughs> well, sir, thank you so much for joining us this early Sunday morning. We appreciate you coming down. Oh, easy like Sunday morning. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get right into it because, like I said, I know you have a tight schedule, you being the archbishop and all, and there's lots of people waiting on you and demanding your presence. I don't think, and my wife pointed out to me that a lot of people – don't know your whole story like your bishop people know that you were in the pimp game or whatever and my wife was like well does he have a church did he have a church and i'm like yeah he had a church she's like well i don't know his story i don't know i don't think people know his story and i was like you know what i don't think people do i don't think everybody no. knows his story especially some of us you know younger ones right. so why don't you tell us you know the bishop story from you know beginning to to end to where you are now. I know well, you're from Chicago, right? Right, born and raised. That's your that's your homeboy right yeah, there. Yeah, Chicago yeah. bred West Side. West. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh Lord! <laughs> oh, West Side. <laughs> what, what does that mean for us? For those of us who aren't yeah, Chicagoans, yeah, I'm a South Side boy. Yeah. So this is the thing about that. We always said on the West Side, man, it's much too dangerous over there on the South Side. <laughs> so on the South Side, you like niggas ain't going over to the West Side. That, you get shot. Right. Right, that's how it was. Though, but, but see, you know, that's how they pointed that out in Boys in the Hood. They said, like, niggas from the, from South Central are scared of Watts. The niggas in Watts scared of South Central. Everybody's scared of Compton. You know what I mean? You're scared of where you're not from. Right. That's how it is. Well, the thing about it was, though, you know, Southside, they was more like what we would call uh, middle class. You know what I mean? They... Families Bougie. had home. Yeah, families had homes. Okay. They, they had jobs. More on the west side, more like uh, Real. ADC receptions and you know what I mean? So, so Pip from the bougie side of town? <laughs> That's <laughs> Pip, what, Pip what, is what? bougie? I, okay, I can believe that. What, that. I buy that. The Obamas live down there. Mm. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, you know, well, what happened is, you know, I come from the inner city, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, hood, you know what I mm -hmm. mean? Uh, raised up in a family with eight. But it, it started off well. Eight? Yeah, eight in the family. So it started off like I'm I'm the baby of the family. Well, you, you know, the last one out of I'm eight? I'm the last one. Wow. You know I mean? And the thing about it is, you know, like I said, uh, my father, he took me away from my mother. I was raised with my father till I was about seven or eight years and he passed and after he passed I went to stay with my mother. My father had restaurant. He had uh, three, four buildings. He had ice cream parlor. So I'm getting spoiled. You his so, only child? Your dad? No, I wasn't oh. his only child. I mean, but I was, I, yeah, well I was his baby. Mm -hmm. My father was something like 50 or 60 or something when he had me. So oh, okay. he's very proud to be then had his son and blah, blah, you know right, what I mean? Right. That kind of thing. So, you know, when him and my mother decided to split up, he took me. So I stayed with my father till like seven, eight years. And when he passed, then I went to stay with my mother. During the time of staying with my father, I would visit my mother on the weekends and bring my brothers and sisters tater chips, candy, you know, because my father had all of these businesses. Mm -hmm. So when he passed, now I'm spoiled rotten. I got to go stay with seven more sisters and brothers, mother on welfare, no man there. Now I got to decide how I'm going to really make it because I'm riding to the core, you know. And the thing, what I say about that is my father taught me about money and my mother taught me about love. So after going to stay with my mother, I was able to learn about 
it wasn't all about the material thing. It was more about somebody caring about you and putting their arms around you and showing love. So early age, sister, you know what I mean? Like I said, in the inner city, you don't have that many opportunities. You either want to be a pimp, a dope dealer, car thief, or murderer in a gang, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Me, myself, you know, after my sister said, ooh, the girl at school like you, I decided you know, to manipulate off of that. Mm-hmm. So went into the pimp game. So the pimp came came before the church game? Oh, yeah, the pimp game yeah. came before the church game. Okay. It wouldn't have never come after the church game because then I'm saved, filled, full with the Holy Ghost. Oh, it's Ain't no preachers no, in Chicago that's pimps. So. Well, no, I, I don't want to say that. And, and the thing about it is we have to believe what one individual say and let God be the judge. It's just like the crucifixion that I took mm-hmm. after God saved my life and I started pastoring and preaching. Man, it was some criticism. People seen me with a Bible. It was like, Paul, how could he be a preacher? How could he be changed? He was the number one pimp in the country. How could he be a preacher? Now, how is he preaching the church? Oh, it's some powerful criticism. So I'm glad you said that so those that's listening may understand. Believe what people say and let God be the judge because only he can judge. So if that person is really for real and you give him this negative vibe, that's a possibility he could go back because then you're not showing faith that maybe God could change, that you believe in that God can't change, that you believe in that he's bigger and better than God and nobody's bigger and better than God and no problem is too big or too little for God. So the, Man, we having church up in I here know, this morning. Right? Well, you got listeners. You got listeners, and so we want to make sure we give the right understanding. That's right. You know what I mean? Yes, so, sir. So, like I said, I started standing with my. I started staying with my mother. My father didn't pay. Now I'm addicted to money. I just got to have money. I was working to my mother because she owned ADC. She can't provide for me like my father did. So I decided to start pimping. And mm. where I said how that happened is because. I was exposed to it by my father having a restaurant on Madison Street, mm-hmm. which is a major street, and I got a chance to see all kind of people coming in and out of the restaurant. And where I live, it was not next door to no doctor, lawyer, in there, chief. Every day I sit on the porch, I'm looking at a pimp or a dope dealer come out the house with jewelry on, fine clothes, three, four girls, and a shiny car out there. I said, ooh, that's how I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because this is what I was influenced to. This sure. is what I was seeing sure. daily, and it was showing Prosperity. It was showing a uh, pride of being somebody. Yeah, that's that's understandable. I mean, it th- that happens every day. Yeah, I think also people sometimes forget that, uh, especially the, when young people, because you you're not ex- you only exposed to whatever you exposed to. So it, wherever you born, that's it. That's your box view of the world. So if it's if you got. Influ- wealth, then you get a bigger view because you get to go more places and see more things. If you don't have it, then you got your block and wherever your folks take you. Well, this is the understanding of what we have today. You know, back in the day, your mother going to take you to church, going to make you go to at least you 13, 14 years old. Today, you have nobody taking these kids to church, making them go to church. So it's no love. You're not learning love. So if you don't learn love, you learn what? Hate. Mm-hmm. So and then until somebody could teach you love all you know it's hate you know our mother forced us to go to church and the bible lets you know if it's first imparted in you won't forget it but if you never get it imparted you ain't got it so how can you be mad at a kid that never knew love so you know why they're reacting and things are happening like it is today they're addicted to the way that they're growing up to be like i was speaking to queen earlier as we was riding i said if one of the kids was back in my day in the 70s 
and had pants hanging down, they would either beat him up or think he a homosexual, and he would mm-hmm. run home fast crying. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Because of the difference in the environment. But if you born where people got their pants hung down and that's all you see, then you become addicted to that environment. Right. Right. True. You I done came down and walked in the church up in here. But, you know, as I can finish the story, I'll give you some of the illustration of things that happened as a pimp. You know, I had a girl that uh, was working the track one night. And uh, I didn't allow my girl to date blacks, you know, because always some trouble, this and they want to take their money back and different things like that. So a black pulled up on her and wanted to date, and she refused to date him. And he shot her five oh, times. Oh, oh, you know, on the wow. stroll, shot her. Wow. So somebody called me, and I got word, and I told my sister, "Let's go to the hospital to see her." So when I got to the hospital, her mother was already there, and soon as I stepped into the room. The girl looked up at me and said, Daddy, I wish I can get up out this bed to go get you your money. And her mother said, What? What have you done to my daughter? I said, I've done nothing to your daughter. This was just pure dedication of how prostitutes adapt to their pimp. Wow. I had girls that would go out and get shot in the leg, come home, tie up their leg, change wig, and go right back to working. Now, why do you why do you think they have that devotion? Well, one thing about it is just the understanding that most time, just like I was telling you, coming up in the city, you experience a lot for a lot of different things. You be molested, uh, you, you get robbed, you learn burglary, you learn car theft, different things like this. And a lot of people is looking for affection, love, prosperity, mm-hmm. wanting to be somebody. Yeah. And this is what the pimp become to her. He becomes her everything. Mm-hmm. Things that she couldn't get at home. You know, he become her mother, a father, a sister, a brother, mm-hmm. a lover, everything. And all of that he want her to do is supply the money. Mm-hmm. But he supply everything that she needs. And that's what she's looking for. See, it usually be something empty in a person. You know, like I said, it was I was empty until I found Jesus. You know, I I would I would go buy me another car. Oh, that'll last for two weeks. I get another diamond ring. Ooh, wow, I'm happy for another week. Oh, uh, buy another suit. Man, this is bad. All of these things were temporarily was never no fulfilling. I was continuing continue to try mm-hmm. to fulfill something that, that was, was missing, missing, and I never yeah. know what it was mm-hmm. until Jesus came into my life. And that was the fulfillment to let me know that with him, everything else possible around me could happen. Which thing that I thought I was doing. You know, I've been in uh, places where uh, guys didn't pull guns on me. I've been shot up close with a shotgun. Dang. You know, uh, guys didn't rob me. You know, wow. a lot of things where the devil tried to take my life in that pimp game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But God showed me an experience in 1985 that made me acknowledge and believe that he really do exist. I was in my apartment one night, and I had been smoking some PCP, drinking some champagne. And, and this never happened to I never been hallucinated nothing about none of the, you know, weed or nothing. I never did cocaine, never did heroin, never sold drugs, mm-hmm. you know. But I was addicted to marijuana. And when they did the PCP, it was like pouring this substance on marijuana. So I was smoking this PCP. God came into my life and told me to get rid of all the PCP. I started flushing it down the commode, pouring it's the liquid substance. And, and what they do is 
they use it for breeding animals and things. Here I am putting it in my head, trying mm-hmm. to get high, and it it, it 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 makes you go off. You know, I had girls that jumped out the second floor window. Wow. I had cab drivers coming to me. I can't take your girls to work no more. They're jumping out of my cab at fifty miles an hour. Wow. It, it, I had a girl that go inside a store and go inside the freezer and wouldn't come out. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that happen to you under the influence of that PTP. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So God spoke to me and told me to get rid of the drugs and to change my life. I couldn't understand it. How you how know? old were you at this point? 33. And uh, this month makes the 33rd year that I've been saved, and I'm 66, and that's how many years in the Bible. I'm blessed around here. Uh, okay. You know, I, actually, I do love that number 33, which is how old Jesus was when he came to this one. Yeah, when that's I talk right. about, uh, you know, resurrection in people's life. It usually happens around 33. Yeah, and it's 66 Bibles in the, in the books of the Bible. So what happened? God showed me this Shakespeare. I, I called my mother because, see, first when I turned the television on, it was like a religious state. On. And I'm looking at it. I'm changing every channel. Every channel, religious station. And then, <laughs> and then hit a guy look at me and said, I see somebody who have just been saved. I felt he was talking to me like a, a direct thing, but I didn't understand it because I'm pimping, man. I'm number one pimp in the country for 13 years. I'm rolling, baby. Girls yeah. everywhere. Money, the cars, the jewelry, all of this. And you stuff. actually have some actually real fame at this point in your life, like real like celebrityhood. Like people don't know you just in Chacago. People know you oh, around man. the country, around I'm internationally known yeah. and locally accepted. <laughs> <laughs> they know me all over the world. I, I just want the listener to have some context yeah, of where got, you was at Yeah, in your I life. got books. I got movies. You went at the TV, bottom. You was radio. at the top. I was at the top of my game. No way in the world would I give up pimping in my own understanding. Mm-hmm. You know? But I, I, uh, I called my mother and I said, Mom, I, didn't, I just been saved. I said, I don't know what happened. She said, call a preacher. I said, I don't know no preacher number. <laughs> you know? So she gave me a number to a preacher called a Pastor Sherby, and I think he was in Broadview, you know, suburbs of Chicago. And I called that number, and he asked, and you know what the preacher said? What? I told him, uh, I think I just been saved. He said, yeah, you just been saved. <laughs> and it, no. you know what I mean? It just hit me like that, and, you know, I really didn't know. Did you just need the confirmation? I'm trying to find God, trying to get somebody to let me know what's really going on. You know, I'm just thinking of losing nature and everything. But I even called the girls and told them, I'm in, you know, California, they in Chicago. I said, I can't do it no more. They said, why? I said, I don't know. Mm. You know what I mean? Then went back to Chicago. Got into Moody Bible Institute. You mm-hmm. heard of that? I sure do. Right over, yeah. right over up there. Uh, let's say in Chicago. Yeah. And I spend like... What is that? Moody Bible Institute. Oh, a Bible it's college. the number two reputable uh, Bible Institute in the city. In okay. the world, like, you know, Moody's, you know. So okay. I went there for eight years. When I got there, I didn't even know how to pray and everything. Uh, after Before I left, I, they had a whole student body of 1,600 students. I spoke to all their students in chapel. They had me flying to the aviation school, speaking to people. Wow. Uh, I even had the chance to pray for the chandler of Moody Bible Institute. And when they got a new president and he was inaugurated and he was coming down the aisle, 
the whole thing was full, had to be 2,000 people. Who wow. would you think he would stop and shake hand? Me. Wow. Mm. And then kept on moving out of the whole auditorium. So it, all of this was confirmation. And then God expressed to me that he was going to give me a church in three years. Three years, I had a church. I was pastoring. Uh, I go all over the country. What was the name of your church? The Magic World Christian Kingdom Church, Church of the Royal Family. I go all over the world speaking. I speak in jails. I speak in college. I speak in academy. I speak to sorority. It was a place where these guys, all big businessmen, presidents of seers, presidents of this and that, and they only invite you once. They had me to come twice, and all Mm. I was sharing to them was about I come from the inner city. I did this, and this is how I grew up. That was more amazing to them than speaking about stocks and bonds. Wow. You know, so when God showed me this experience and did all these things for me, and I didn't know how I was going to provide uh, my family. We was a fussing, cussing kind of family. We all come together. They become my nurses, my choir, uh, members in the church. My mother was the mother of the church. She was so happy you could never tell her that there was no God now. Hmm. You know, she mm-hmm. took a lot of criticism from the church because her son was the number one pimp and she was going to church and all of that. But God made it all right. Wow. And the thing Full that, cycle. out of all the things I did, my most admired situation is when my mother told me before she died that I was a good son. Aww. And so out of everything <laughs> that I did, I feel that was my greatest accomplishment. That's a blessing. To hear my mother say that, you know. And so, like I say, I go all over. I speak, you know what I mean? I steal the 10 players ball. I host players ball. I tell people, you know what I mean, where I come from, what I did, and what God has done for me. I don't try to force it on anybody. I just share it as it come to me, just like it is. People know me, and they know. I don't do none of that line and stuff. I don't even curse, you know. So they know if I said it, they can really take it to the bank, because mm-hmm. that's how my word been. I say what I mean, and I mean what I say. I am the Archbishop Don Magic Wong, Chairman of the Board of Famous Players Everywhere, and I know that God has put me on this earth for a reason. The devil tried to take my life, but he can't do it. And that's why I got one of the biggest balls coming up around here, the Boosie Collins uh, house party players ball. I feel okay. so honored. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I didn't been with Boots. I didn't gave him an award, but they had an opportunity to host the greatest historical event in Hollywood. The last time Boosie was in Hollywood was in 1974. They oh, really? Him. Yeah, they let him down in a helicopter when he made uh, the Hollywood Square there. Boosie was big. He was hot there. And he had did James Brown. He had did the Parliament. Now he had took over the funk itself. And we're bringing him to the old HM House Club in yeah, Hollywood. Club in, in the Hollywood. Yeah, January, yeah. Hollywood Boulevard. January 28th. Yeah, January 28th, 2018. I don't want to. So tell us, about, tell us about this event. It's, 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 a, it's a ball. like, And it's a video shoot as well. Yeah. Boosie got a new song coming out. Yeah. A new singer called High on Hills, so we're encouraging all the women to wear their high heels for okay. this video shoot. Oh, it's going so you down. So you can be in a Bootsy video if you come. 
That's yeah. right. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And not only that, you get a chance to fellowship and talk with Bootsy, take pictures with Bootsy. And you're hosting. I'm, I am the host for that night. And mm-hmm. also, we're presenting Bootsy with a, a Lifetime Achievement Award, Players of Players. Mm-hmm. And also, we got this first show called Sumper Fur, which have been supplying movies. Uh, What's it called? Sumper's Fur, which have been supplying. A fur company. Yeah, okay. fur mm-hmm. store, which has been supplying different stars and movie sets and mm-hmm. video sets and things with fur. So we're awarding them with the Business of the Year Award. Okay. So it's going to be an exciting night, and we're, we're expecting uh, Snoop to come out that night. We're expecting Wiz, George Clinton, Lisa Ray, Mike Epp, uh, Ice Cube, Teresa Randa, and a rare opinion, appearance from Mac Julian. Mac okay. Julian called. Mm. He did a drop for us. He said that uh, this is a historic event. I think I need to be there. So to get Mac Julian to come out, you know, Mac Julian, the one that played Goldie in the movie. The Mac. Mac. For oh, those yeah. that don't know. Mm-hmm. So to have him to come out. So, yeah, so y'all put that on y'all calendar. It's going to be super live Sunday, January the 28th at OHM Nightclub. And, you know, y'all all invited. You say you already got your media pad, so I'll be seeing y'all down there. It's going to be a gas. It's going to be, I'm telling you, a blessed night. we got some great DJs, DJ uh, Don Juan and DJ Paradise, and they're going to be on the ones and twos. As a matter of fact, Boosie going to do something on the ones and twos. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, and if oh Snoop come, you know, Snoop got the Snoop Adeli, so he going to do something on the ones right. and twos. So we're going to have a great night, man, and I'm expecting everybody to come out. And we didn't have some calls from a lot of different stars that said they will appear and uh, put their name at the door. Vivica Fox, I spoke with her. Uh, Bill Dukes, uh, John Singleton. Um, it's quite a few people that, you know, said they're coming out to enjoy that night. So it's going to be special. And if they need to get their ticket, they got to go to eventbrite.com. Eventbrite.com. And holler Bootsy, baby. The name Bootsy, you know, to get your tickets. You know Ooh, what I mean? Bootsy. We, yeah, we got, we got V. Yabba dabba doozy, baby. You hear me? And we got, you know, um, <laughs> VIP sitting and... Um, we got, uh, you know, general mission and we got table service, bottle, bottle table service. service. The whole, oh, you know they got bottles. Hey, man, it's going to be a hysterical <laughs> time. We got all kind of media. I even got called from TMZ, wow. you know, about showing up. You know, everybody want to come. You know, Boosted, uh definitely a, a legend, mm-hmm. a mega star, mm-hmm. and had this opportunity, you know, in this day and age, you know, like I say, he got some new music, and uh, Big Daddy Kane been invited because he on the track. Also, what? DJ Quick is on the track, and they both mm-hmm. been invited by Boosie to appear at this uh, Players Ball House party. I'm excited mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, so it, it, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun time, man, and uh, I just want the people to get their tickets, come on out. This is going to be the biggest party of the new year. And it's going to be funky, funky, funk yeah. funky, right. funky, yeah. Funky. Yeah, so y'all come on out, get your high heels, get your 1970 gear together, put your, uh, what is that, put your big natural Afros wig on, on, and your big Afro round plus. earrings your on. Hoops. Yeah, your hoops, yeah, let's get it on, I y'all. might come through with some skates in there. All right, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. It's a party, y'all, so come on out to party. And for those out-of-towner guests that are going to come out, we got the low 
hotel right, right there. around the corner. Yeah, oh, yeah. right, right there. around the it's corner. Connected, almost. Yeah, you yeah. can walk through from your room yeah. through a little room, and you'll be right inside the club. Mm-hmm. The club is on the fourth floor. So those out of town, yeah, can book them right there at Highland and Hollywood Boulevard, smack dab in the middle of Hollywood, yeah, and our commission Magic mm-hmm. Wand is hosting it. And you know, like I said, not only that, you know, we asking for vendors and sponsorship to come on in. You know, uh, mm-hmm. they can. Uh, email, you know, Queen, what is it, Queen for Biz? Queen, Queen about Biz. <laughs> Queen about Biz, you know, for, you know, sponsorship. They might want to be on the backdrop. And also, now, I got the number one strain in the state of California, Church <laughs> Cannabis. I got my own. Wow. Yes. All right. Man, yeah, it's a bomb. Now you got man. my ear, brother. Yeah, yeah, the number one string in the state of California. It's been wow. tried. It's been tested. Uh, Snoop got his own line. Where the sample's at? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, that's right. That's right. You know, I actually did y'all smoke out. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I got the church cannabis. I want them to know the number one. And we're putting it all in the dispensary. There's a demand for it. Uh, like it's not just smoke either. It's all different products, right? Yeah, we got, you know, we got uh, juices. We got um, one hitters. We got the vape pipe. Okay. Uh, we, we got the whole package, you know, called Church Cannabis. We got a whole line of everything that's going on, you know. So sponsorship. Okay, what you, what you saying, Queen? Church, church Cannabis? Uh, yeah, Church Cannabis is one of the sponsors. Some prefers is one of the sponsors. What is that? Beverly Hills? uh Las Vegas Moreno is one of the sponsors. All right. You know, so I'm telling you, church cannabis is a big thing. Now, as y'all know, it's legal now here in the state of California and most states now, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we got a top flight brand and, you know, people know me. I've been smoking weed since the 70s. I am a connoisseur. I told them I was smoking weed when it was $75 a pound, the brick. You had to break it off. You know, you know when they were saying Colombo and Mexican weed and things oh, like that. you got that, that good stuff. Right? Yeah, man, we got the bomb. So, you know, dispensaries out there, y'all. When I lived in Chicago, it was always nasty weed. That's yeah. What, that's one reason why I want to move here. <laughs> hey, that's right. And, I, and, and California got the best weed, man. I'm telling you, I got the best strain. And, you know, like I said, it's been been tested. We did high times and different okay. uh, cannabis cups, and uh, Choice Cannabis stands in a you know all by itself. You know what I mean? It, it, it's super live. Do you guys have edibles? We got edibles. What? I mean, we got okay. the whole package deal. You know, we got we got the drinking. Not only that, I'm the first one that got the Chandon Don Juan champagne. <laughs> <laughs> that name is killer. Hey, with the hemp in it. Okay. Yeah, that name champagne, is the Wow. First one. I love you know champagne. I, mean? I do too. Yeah. And wow. I love edibles too. Yeah. So it's, it, it's got the hemp right inside the champagne. I'll so do that. this mm-hmm. New Year, your parties, y'all be drinking New Year's Don Juan. Thursday. Hello? Hey, hey. <laughs> right. So, you know, I'm just honored to be on this show, and I'm glad to be We're honored to have you, sir. Yes. We really you appreciate it. The yes. things about my life and the things about what's going down and, you know, how God has truly blessed me, you know, and I don't claim to be no angel, but I claim to be a servant of God. So that's whatever right. that makes me, that's what I am. I mean, I'm truly a believer, and, you know, I believe that only God can judge and, you know, that in order 
it to be different, you have to make that change. And I don't believe nobody, I don't care who you is, can go through this world without God being a part of your life. That's it's right. not going to work. Somewhere down the line, you definitely need to call on God. So I ain't trying to preach to you this Sunday morning, <laughs> but I just want you to know you got to change your life. You're listening to this show, and you already know your life is in a mix-up, and you want to make a difference. That's so what I want to tell all y'all that's listening right now, whenever troubles, problem or sorrow, if you trust in the Lord, there'll be a brighter tomorrow. For there's nothing too much for the great God to do. And all that he asks and expects of you, you, and you, it's faith. That's unshaken by tribulation and years. Contents and knowledge that God knows best. And trouble and sorrow, they are only a test. But without God's testing of our soul, it never could reach its ultimate goal. So keep on knowing and believing that all that God has promised you would be yours to receive if you trust him completely and always believe. And so it is. Church. All right. All right. Tabernacle. And that's the only way we're going to get any action. Amen. Hey, hey, amen. Thank right. y'all. Stay tuned for his documentary coming up. What? Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing. What? Thank you, Queen. All right. so much going on right now. And on that note, we want to thank the bishop and his lovely, beautiful yes. manager, Queen, for uh, blessing us with their presence. Yeah. Thanks again. And we will see you uh, next week, sir. And we're going to take a quick break, see our guests out, and we'll be right back in a second. All right, and we're back. I know why they call him magic. <laughs> oh. I couldn't even say anything. I was just like, uh huh, mm-hmm. Why? Why do you think they call him magic? Yep. Well, because he does have. He has a magic power, and his magic power is that he can make people feel full and feel that their needs are met and their desires. He has a charisma about him. And I see, even when he's talking, I was really like, when we talked about that, that, that woman that worked for him, the prostitute that got shot five times mm-hmm. and said what she said in the hospital. I'm like, well, he was her everything. He become, he, I could see where he has that power. He could become you know, everything and make mm-hmm. you feel the way you need to be felt. The other thing about it is, I just like, you know, I told you when you said no, yes. going to be the guest. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm conflicted. Yes. Yeah, I know. That's what I was. That's what I wanted to ask you. But I have to say, every I talked to my friends about that. Like, you know what? All you can do is just ask them the story. Right. And once you hear somebody's story, right. it's hard to start judging people. You exactly. Start, you know, so exactly. And story, story. he sounds like a genuinely like a good dude. Yeah. You know, just all stuff. You know, forget about the pomp and circumstance. If you listen to what he's what he's saying, right? He sounds like somebody who cares about yeah. people now and and and, 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 and then. Yeah, yeah. And, and you hear again, like, I really like that he brought in that, like, look, I was raised with nothing. Mm-hmm. Only one right. that had something was the pimps. Right. And the drug dealers. dealers right. And, and in my little block, and when you pour, people don't understand that. When you pour, yep. you don't get to see nothing else but nope. your block That's where right. you live. That is right. You don't get in, you don't get uh, everything. You don't get the, like you they don't said, say you don't get the like doctors you could be a pilot and, and you could be this and that. Yeah, you don't get the doctors and the lawyers and all that stuff. Yeah, you the get people the that's rich the is dealers. the pimps and the drug dealers. Like, well, they got a car, they got women, mm-hmm. they got this. So I definitely get like, oh, well, yeah, of course he went that way. Of course. Right. You could, he's going to go that way, you're going to go to Jesus. Hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you end up doing both. Right. right. <laughs> he circled back and came back to Jesus right. later on. It went on. full circle. Right. And I, I, although I disagree with them, I think sometimes they do it simultaneously. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, there's there's a lot of people who feel that there's a uh, there's a lot of 
preachers that are uh, little more than pimps. The last well, girlfriend. You know. Well, no, and some I, of them are literally pimps. Yeah, so I agree. I agree. Some of and them drug dealers. Some, I agree. I agree. They're, they're I know right. someone who was that way. Yeah. My the yeah. last girl I ever dated, she ended up marrying a dude that went to prison, who was a preacher, who was a drug dealer. Wow. And when wow. women couldn't pay, they had to sleep with them to pay off their debts. Wow. Man. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And we got an interesting show lined up, so let's go ahead and Yay. get into these topics. All right. News and noteworthy. The shiznit. So the House of Horrors. This what story. You <laughs> <laughs> Horrors, oh. not whores. <laughs> mm-hmm. You stuck on the last story. <laughs> what you call me? So this story is kind of, uh, it, it, it's local, but it's taking hold all across the country because it's just, it's that type of story. It's pretty outlandish. It's it's sensational. It's amazing. Um, so for those who don't know what I'm talking about, here in like Riverside County, uh, halfway between here and San Diego, there's a family of 13, 13. siblings, 13 siblings who have from the ages of 2 to 29. 29? I didn't yes. know the oldest was 29. Yes, 29. Wow. But you wouldn't know because right. she doesn't look 29. None of them look their age because they have oh, well let me before okay, let me right. let me okay. not get ahead of myself. They have been abused and tortured by their birth parents. Mm, mm, they have mm. had these children and and adults the, the for all for all <laughs> intents and purposes they're still children right. because they they they've been held captive they haven't matured physically or mentally they haven't been educated so you might as well call them children and when I say children I mean you know their children not that they are under eighteen but so when I say children developmentally held back right, right right and that they are the offspring of these people so when I say children that's what I mean they're kids yeah, yeah they're kids yeah they have been literally chained to furniture their beds and whatnot and sometimes they would only leave the house like once a year Mm. what yes yes they had this social media presence that looked these people weren't dumb by any means uh the the father was an engineer that worked at a very prominent company lockheed uh i could say they said on the news Mm. and uh you know he commanded over over six figure income so he he was he was an intelligent guy you know, obviously he was just crazy as hell, and apparently him and the wife because and the wife because from the the aunt the aunt of the children the 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 sister of the the mother mm-hmm. uh, she's the ringleader the mother yeah she said that she was running the show wow. I watched the whole sixty minute special oh. on it or whatever or no sorry not sixty minutes twenty twenty oh. it was a twenty twenty special on it and she said that when she stayed with them for a short period she didn't see anything. This is what most people who are saying that saw little signs that and which is the problem that everybody just had a little tiny glimpse. Right, right. Nobody saw a lot of anything. She actually stayed with these people yeah, and didn't wow. see didn't That's see what I'm saying. didn't see anything. You know, she saw some some signs which were the kids were in their room a lot. Mm. Um and that they were all a little on the thin side at this time, you mm. know, cuz this was early on. Yeah. And uh, that was about it. She said, you know, there was some some weird things between the father and her, like him openly hitting on her and things like that, even in front of the, the her sister, his wow. wife. And she said he never put a hand on her, 
but there was some weird things she said they would uh they they uh well she would in, be in the, in the shower they would uh jimmy the lock and they would both come in what to the bathroom while she was in the shower yeah so she got out of there shortly after that so who knows what would could have maybe happened to her had wow. she stuck around and she didn't find but, that strange enough to tell somebody what could you tell like there's right she didn't see a crime she just saw some strange behavior yeah, weird, she didn't though. see anything that was criminal yeah okay it'd be like my she sister didn't see and her abusive. husband is weird you know you can't, like you can't send anybody to jail at worst it sounds like that they were trying to have a threesome with her which is again not legal you know not i mean not, not, illegal. not illegal yeah and not it's not actionable at all but i mean it wasn't it wasn't so, enough for her to tell like uh, some more other family members or do some more investigation or but they even well, you know what see this is the thing everybody is doing that 2020 hindsight thing and yeah, oh, why didn't we know why didn't we i was going to say that but you i know was going to say that, that you don't know what you don't know exactly yeah. so and she probably was thinking that that was the extent of it not thinking that there was even right more. and she was young herself she was yeah. only 18 19 yeah see. so she was young and you know you know, oh, and how do you how do you how do you predict the unpredictable? Like yeah, how do you right. see how do you, like the unthinkable? Yeah, how do you know what you don't know? So right, yeah, yeah I can see. That's so that's, that's what crazy. I was crazy. You know, trying to tell my wife is like when something like this happens, everybody's all like, "Oh, how did this happen right under our nose?" And how did this and then and you know the world we're such bad people and no, we're not. No, we're not. They're crazy. They are bad people. And this is, goes back to what I was saying about them being smart. Uh, the outside of the house generally was upkept. You know, especially this last house, you know, there the was it was it was it was kept up. No red flags. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't see people because they didn't go out. Mm-hmm. They didn't make noise. People didn't hear screams or hollering coming from the place. They didn't make noise. They didn't disturb anybody. They didn't mess with anybody. They minded their own business. They did the exact thing you need to do to be left alone, which is you don't bother anybody mm-hmm. and nobody sees you. Nobody knows your business. Mm-hmm. They would come out at night. Mm-hmm. You know, they would they would the kids would sleep in the daytime and they would do things. Well, actually, the kids didn't even go out a lot. But when they did go out, you know, sometimes they, they the one neighbor said they one time saw the kids doing yard work at like 11 p.m. <laughs> there was another neighbor said that when he would come home, he worked the midnight shift at whatever his job was. And between tw- 12 a.m. and 4 a.m., he would see the kids just marching around the house in like a, some kind of formation. back and forth formation type of thing. Wow. And he just thought it was some sort of therapy or something that they were doing he didn't know what was going on but again that in it you know just think about that in and of itself what are you going to do? go call the police and say you know what my neighbor has his kids walking back and forth and at 12 a.m like yeah, yeah. Uh, they I'm did called. that in the sound you know, of music and like <laughs> right <laughs> you can't that's that's just not enough and that's the thing everybody just saw a little glimpse here and there and nobody was there around to put up the the big picture and these people put up a really great good facade front. a right, really huh? good front you know they posted pictures on social media of them all on trips uh dressed like and then another thing a lot of people like well how can you can you know a 29 year old person that looks like a uh like a 10 year old or whatever how could you well how do you know somebody's age when you just right. see them walking around once in a while mm-hmm. right you don't just walk around asking people their ages and if you're not close to the family they don't know again like you're not right. seeing you're not following them mm-hmm. i got nieces and nephews that i don't see and if i don't see them from like oh what, how old you know right <laughs> so yeah right so yeah so finally one uh one kid um the i think it was a 17 a 17 year old Girl. girl is the one who escaped. She escaped somehow. She she got grabbed she, she grabbed a, 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 a cell phone and I don't know how she got out of the house um, because I assume that it was locked. But somehow she got out and she called nine one one and which is surprising that she even knew that because 
the investigators and uh, no, I, police people. Mm-hmm. I thought that she ran uh, to a neighbor's house, or she was, like, running through the neighborhood. Like, okay. Well, I don't And somebody called, or they stopped her, and then they called. I don't know if she directly called the number herself. Dial nine one one. Yeah, that was she took a phone out of the house and called nine one one. Wow, that was part of the story. So, which I'm saying, I'm not even sure how she knew about that because investigators and other first responders and people were saying that most of the kids didn't even know what police officers were. Wow, they're like extremely ignorant because they weren't being schooled at all. Hmm. They didn't know it's about medicine. They didn't know about medicine. They hadn't been to the doctor. You know, most of them, and like since, the, you know, like some of them, probably in their whole lives, whatever. It's just, it's just Trifling. crazy, just crazy Trifling. story. Just wow, horror after horror. That's why it's called. They, another the, the DA said that it was clear that some of the kids, while they were uh, uh, shackled, were not allowed to relieve themselves. So yeah, there was defecation in the room. They were, so. they were, yeah. They and everyone just talks about this house and the house because they actually they started their story starts in Virginia where the, the couple met, and the, their story is a little bit odd because she was 16 when she married him, the mother, uh, and he was, like, 23. Mm. So they ran off and got married, and uh, then they then they, they moved to Texas, and uh, they that's where they started having kids and everything, and they had a big house there, and it was the same thing. They never came out. They were going to see them, whatever, and then they— no one knows why they moved from Texas, but they moved from Texas to 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 California. When they did, the neighbors who were curious about these these weird people who they never saw, you know, went into the house and they just everyone just talks about how disgusting it was. It was just very very. They showed a few pictures, but not very many. But it was, yeah, it looked like like hideous. I wonder what drove them to do something like that to their own children. Clearly, they're mentally ill. Clearly. I mean, you can't not be Man, mentally so many. ill. And, yeah. Yeah, so many. And right? I saw a picture of them, like a wedding photo, when they had, like, all the kids. Yeah, they were very into. Really I only nice. saw the, the ones where they're, like, it number, they, they, number one. They were very into, uh, what do you call it, um, renewing their vows. They mm. renewed their vows at least three times. Wow. So, and all the kids would be there. Yeah. But that was probably part of their psycho the, ter- torture. So, yeah, the psycho fantasy, you think? Well, mm-hmm. they're, like, they're the, it's all about them, obviously. They said house. they would buy pies and pastries and things like that put it on the counter and not allow the kids to to eat it mm. the 29 year old she weighed like 82 pounds what wow yeah she weighs like 82 yeah. pounds so the kids are still all the children are still uh in in the hospital receiving round the clock care trying to you know get their nourishment up and, and things like that and then what do you where, where do you go from here what do you do like the both the parents are in jail but what about the half the kids can go into the system but the half of the ones that are over 18 there, there's no place for them. We don't have anything for like they're essentially children, right? But they're adults, but they have no 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 way to provide for themselves. They have no address, no income. They don't they don't no uh, education. They don't no education. They don't qualify for any kind of foster care or well, or, they're probably though, or anything. Maybe some disability because they're if you are if you're that small and you grown you're disabled. You can't yeah. really function in that's the world. True. Maybe and their health cannot some, be great. No. Maybe. maybe. Some, but even if that's the case, like, how do you go from... This is not, like they're, been, not, they're not going to thrive in the world. I mean, no. like, even... Forget thrive. How do you even survive? Okay, yeah. even if you get money 
and how do you how do you, yeah, know, you go know from about you go from bills, right you, you were chained to a bed or whatever most there. of your life how do you just you never even been outside most right. of the time right how, how do you, you go from that to just anything? how do you even know to go to the grouse yeah right how do you know to do anything right in this world it's crazy well, hopefully natural instincts and something will kick in. One of them was at least smart enough to run out the house and grab a phone and call for help. So I hope that they just get more help. And yeah, that's from it, here on. They this is uh, actually reminiscent of another case that happened back in 2010. They called the, these these guys the Wolf Pack. Mm. Uh, this happened in New York, New York City, in Manhattan, the Lower East Side where it was a family of uh, seven siblings, six boys, and the oldest, the oldest was a girl. For some reason, they don't really, even in the documentary, or they don't really address the girl that much for some reason, and she's the oldest. Um, and the mother, they were all held captive. But this, this it was to a lesser extent. They, uh, even, even when the authorities and people found out about it, there was no arrest or anything because what he did was not actually anything criminal Mm -hmm. because the kids were healthy uh, they were healthy they were fed they did go to the doctor once in a while Um, they too didn't weren't out weren't allowed out a lot Um, they would say some some years they went out maybe nine times and other years they didn't go out at all and you know they were told stories about how bad the world was and when they did go out not to look anyone in the eye not to talk to anyone or, or anything like that and uh, they uh, they caught these these kids. They ended up the media named nicknamed them the uh, the Wolf Pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Wolf Pack because the way the boys just kind of interacted with the, each other, they kind of Lord of the Flies type of syndrome thing. <laughs> wow! But but they were actually schooled by their by their mother. Their mother actually schooled these boys, and they basically the documentary. Surprisingly to me, it just I guess it it just it, you know when you tell a story, you have to pick you know, what story you want to tell or what aspect you want to attack it from. And this woman who did the documentary, she decided to address it from the, 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 the perspective of these six brothers who were raised on tele- movies, basically mm-hmm. movies. Cause for 14 years, that's all, that was their only connection to the outside world were movies, mm-hmm. you know, and their father had like five of uh, 5,000 uh, DVD movie collection, which wow. is what they used to watch, watch you know, over time. and over and over again. Uh, but again, like I said, they were they were healthy. They were, you know, cons- they were really uh, well adjusted considering, you know. Well, considering where the they, boys at? they should be the next Coen brothers. Well, ah. they, they, they're uh, three of them actually work in film. Yeah. They're uh, all of them except for one still live at home. Uh, but now but what happened was the third from the youngest. He, they all have these uh, like Hare Krishna names because that was what the, the father was into. Um, the third from the youngest just woke up one day and said, he's like, I'm going out. I'm going out. And I don't know how I need to dig deeper to find out because they say earlier that the father had the only key mm-hmm. and it would lock them in. And he was the only one allowed to, you know, unlike the other story where the mother was a participant or mm-hmm. even maybe the facilitator. And this one, the mother was a victim as well. Mm-hmm. But so, is that not like mental abuse? But I, yeah. it also is also um, that's kidnapping. So I don't understand how the state of New York didn't press any charges because even if you are, are allowed to keep your kids locked in, 
the the mother was an adult. Yeah. And she was a she was held captive. But you could psychologically abuse somebody till they yeah. get to a point where they just don't fight you no more. I mean, they say with elephants, what they do when they first capture them is they treat them harshly and they hold them down and they you know they chain them and then by the time they get to in the, the circus, they break them. They 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 just put a, a thin rope. That wouldn't hold you back, right? But wow. they don't go nowhere because they they, they feel think like that it's a chain. It's a chain. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, the, they still he still had a physical lock on the door. Yeah. Right. That is kidnapping. Right. Yeah. So I yeah, don't really understand yeah. how he got away with no prosecution at all. Yeah. Like it seemed like they could have, you know, and uh, even the 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 filmmaker said she didn't want to make it. She didn't want to make it too judgmental, and she said she went a lot easier on him than she should have. And uh, even the father appeared in it, uh, the movie, the documentary. What? You know, yeah, to, well, to some yeah, extent. He wasn't in jail, but yeah, he. They like I said, the, the, they all still live with him and everything. But anyway, after the the third to the youngest boy, after he was the first one to to escape or whatever, he used the mask and everything, and just went looking around and. Um, he wore a mask. Yeah, he wore a mask because he, in case he ran to his father, he didn't want his father to to, to recognize him. So wow, as uh, if that's not crazy enough. He he went out a couple of times and then he just got bold and I think some of his brothers started going with him and mask he, off. And then he just told his dad like, you know what? No, <laughs> well, actually, he got captured. He got he got caught. Like he was at a store and he was the shopkeeper thought he was acting bizarre and he was wearing a mask and all this stuff because you know he was a little weird because yeah. he doesn't he's you know kind of feral you're in the store with a mask so, on so they called the police they arrest they were well, not arresting him but they took him away and they put him in the hospital and he was there for a week mm. and when he went home he's like you know what things are going to be different he just stood up to his dad and was like we're, I'm, I'm going out and there's nothing you can do about it whatever and from then on, that's when everything changed. And on one of their little trips out, they met this this uh, this documentarian filmmaker lady, uh, and that's how their story got out. Wow. But I could, I, I'm not justifying his behavior, but I'm trying to understand how it could happen. And I can imagine that maybe I'm going to speculate, of course, that the father maybe at some point in time was I'm protecting you. This is New York. That's exactly mm-hmm. what he thought. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly what he thought. He yeah. was yeah, he was being overprotected. And you know what is funny is like th- there's. We always talk about levels, levels mm-hmm. to this shit. There's mm-hmm. degrees and things to start off. My story, it, it, this, these stories remind me of my story. Um, I, clearly, neither both of these stories are more extreme than mine. Uh, the Wolfpack Boys, to a greater extent, are more reminiscent of my own dysfunctional upbringing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, there's some similarities. This was in the areas. I don't. Really? I don't talk a lot about my, you know, my childhood, or whatever, because it was very dysfunctional uh, and borderline abusive. I don't think there was anything criminal, but there was some mental type stuff, whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was. I was. I from the age of, I don't know, probably like, uh, let's see. I went. I originally did not live with my parents when I, when I was born. My parents were not married. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my my birth parents, both my you know mother, yeah, birth mother and father, they got married. Uh, they had been they had had an on again off again relationship for years before I came along. And after I came along, they got married for the first time when I was about uh, like nine years old. Mm-hmm. And that's when we went to go live with my dad in, in, in Carson, Carson, California. And the first year was great. First year was great, you know. We went, you know, we went to church. We was Christians, all that, and you know, we had outings. And 
different things like that. You know, it's like a regular, just very regular and very, it was great, you know. But things slowly but surely got weird and went awry. Mm. And I think things mostly really started going when it was when my, my father started pastoring. Mm-hmm. That's when things really start to go left. Mm-hmm. Things got he got really controlling. As I say, it become because of the church thing. Yeah, uh, because of religion. Religion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He was basically my take on it is that he was horrified that I would go out into the world and do all the stuff that he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You I know, when that. he was that age. You know, my mother held so, religion, used religion to hold me back. So yeah. So and it was not just me. It was you know the a lot everyone in the church but yeah but especially me and uh so from the time i was like 12 to 16 17 like all i did was i went to school mm-hmm. i went to church and my dad like had his own business well actually businesses they were all like not like manual labor type handyman type stuff when i first when i first went to live with him he was uh, a janitor he had his own maintenance Thing that he did, he cleaned these office buildings or whatever, and I used to go and help him, and I mean, it was fun at first. I won't lie; mm-hmm. in the beginning, it was fun. Um, but then it became like a literal job, mm-hmm. and we're talking about a nine-year-old kid, right. right? That's getting up at four in the morning to go clean offices before school. Wow! Mm. And then after school, being picked up to go clean offices, and then come home and then have homework, homework. and chores, and Ooh, no, thank you, whatever. Right. That's not like for kids. Right. Exactly. So you see where the dysfunction comes in. Mm -hmm. So it got like that and things just got like worse and strict, more and more strict. And I don't want to like go into like all the the things, whatever. But it was was some things and there was like some mental, like, like, for example, like for whatever reason, just after I turned 11 or 12, I got no more birthdays. They just they just no, no, no explanation. No commentary wow no nothing just and i asked my mom about it one day and my mom (laughs) gave probably the worst answer that a a mother could give to a kid like i'm looking for my mother to help me out Mm -hmm. and this whatever and she's like ask him you know you ask him like really like i'm clearly scared right Right. but but you but that's the the answer i get like and then, but yet your birthday, like his birthday is like celebrated the whole month in the whole church, probably the whole wow. month. Oh yeah. And the whole month, yeah. whole month, whole month, all of April. That's his birthday. Easter and the, all the whole month. Yep. The whole month. And everybody in the church and my mother, everybody else's birthday was acknowledged and celebrated, but not mine. So, you know, I didn't get you too high. I didn't, I didn't, there was no, there was no going to the movies and all the little outings and the, the pick, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the camping and those little things that happened the first year or two, whatever, all that stuff stopped. Mm. There was none of that. It was all about church. It was just all about work. And that was it. Nothing else. Like, Like nothing. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I I feel like I've heard some, and again, some not not your story specifically, but just and I was taken out of school. The last, what? The last grade I finished was ninth grade. Oh no! Now I'm gonna take back my next statement. My yeah. last thing I was gonna say. How, yeah. what, why do you think all this stuff was happening, Dino? What do you, I, like, I, I mean, besides the besides the hold you like using religion to keep you in check, why the extra? 
What, what do you mean? Exactly? Like, why would they pull you out of school? Why would? Oh, why, he pulled why, me out of school. Why like, no birthday? Like, what is the purpose of all that? The birthday, my guess is, I don't know. I've actually, since he's come to live with me, confronted him about that. And his 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 defense is like, I'm crazy. It didn't happen, that old gaslighting thing or whatever. Mm. But I was like, okay, we you pretty much took pictures of everything. Right. Show me some pictures. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, yeah. Or, or better yet, name me one flavor of one cake that I had. <laughs> yeah. Name me one, one flavor of one ice cream. Give me one memory. Mm-hmm. Get, name me one gift. Name me right. anything. Anything. Yeah. Anything that happened at one of my birthday parties between 12 and me being an adult and going out and having birthdays on my own or whatever. Name one thing. Because I got plenty of stories about and stuff that everybody does. I said, or if you can't, call one family member. Call yeah. one person that can give you any detail of any birthday party ever. Mm-hmm. Of course, you couldn't do it because they didn't happen. Right. And I'm not crazy. Of course. <laughs> wow. So I'm, I'm get, the only thing I can guess, and this is just a total stab in the dark, really, is I don't know if maybe one birthday I was too excited about it or whatever because, you, you know. Pride away from you. Like the material, the emphasis mm-hmm. on material things or something. Like mm-hmm. a child might do that needs to learn about. That's the only thing I can think of. and But that's so extreme. That Well, that is. Especially no conversation about right. it. And to and for, for years, like, to, that's what to say, do that. That actually would have been a teachable moment right. to yeah. a child. Like, right. to say, like, let me tell you about the world. Like, it's all right that you love these things. And that's not what it's about. Right. right. That's my only was, guess about that. But well, at, when you were working with your dad, were you making money? Were he paying you? Oh, like I wasn't making money, but like only like not not all n- the coffee you could drink. Not, <laughs> <laughs> not minimum wage. You know what I mean? Not, yeah. I wasn't making what I should have been making for the hours and the work right, that I was doing, doing. But I would get I mean, it would depend, though. That would be if things were OK in the house or whatever. You know, and we were like caught up on things, then we get a little something. Mm-hmm. But, Smoke break, Dino. But right. but then if there was like if there was no if if things were tight or whatever, then you know might not get nothing or just might be like twenty bucks. Wow. wow. You know, whatever. And I was thinking, well, in my head, I was like, well, maybe he was like paying you, so he was like, well, Dino can do what he. No, I was child labor. Try what he wants. I, he wants. I know, but I'm. That's what I'm. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to figure it out in my mind because to me, I'm just like. What? <laughs> I would even I would even accept in my mind version of it. Like, you know, I love my child so much. I want them with me as much as I could. Maybe this is our special time together. But it's not yeah. like he's just putting you to work. Yeah. Yeah, you know, pretty like, much. And it wasn't yeah. like a oh, lot oh, of time and, together. Oh, yeah. And especially since after the part where I was out of school and I was more, there was like me and another guy that was where he was stay at home and just do like, you know. What? Like Y'all the, doing the work. Yeah, we were doing the work. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was. Whose business is this? <laughs> oh my lord. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, there was it was some some stuff. But look, you turned out to be a great dad. You sure did. And now look, you got because I have a great example of what not to do. <laughs> well, I have to say, again, my, now my brothers and sisters. That's my why dad, I don't have kids right now. Because my, my mom had me when she was sixteen years old, and she had my next sister when she was twenty-one, and she had my next sister when she was whatever, whatever. So I'm just like, you know what? I've already raised three kids. I don't, I don't need to have no more right now. Right. But yeah, there's just so much Sorry, more. Babe, I make there, there's so more, so much more stuff, and I don't want to turn this into the Dino therapy show. 
even though <laughs> even though I did used to joke uh, back in the day, Pitt probably heard it because he used to listen back then. I used to say instead of getting a therapist, I just started this show. Mm. So it was therapy for me. And so it, and it still kind of is in, in different ways, whatever. But, yeah, I don't want to. But just just hearing this and, and like seeing like how my own story is and the progression and how it didn't start off that way and how it slowly progressed and the, what the, what happened at the end was a lot different than what happened at the beginning. Mm. I can see, especially the, the first one, I can't really wrap my head around that one at all. The, the first family, but the Wolfpack guys, I definitely can understand that one Fear. and relate to that one a lot more, especially since there was that whole, fear of the world type thing, whatever, because mm-hmm. there was a big emphasis on, you know, that with religion in, in, and in the, my and house. versus the world. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, world, yeah, I couldn't The listen. world is run by Yeah, Satan. there was, there was no music. There was no, yeah, I would, mm-hmm. you know, I would have to sneak every once in a while and get some music. That wasn't all I was in school, but after I got out of school, wouldn't even know, no time for that. It was just like. All work. Just all work. All work in, mm. in church, work in church, and that was it, work in church. I got church and home, but thank you, Jesus, for the bus. <laughs> The bus is where I got my education, life education. Yeah, that's that's when I first listened to Prince. Was on the back of the bus. Mm. Wow. Somebody played some Prince for me, and I'm like, "What is that sound?" <laughs> 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 Shoot, I lived a shelter life. I didn't really have like any outside experience until I got to like the tenth grade. It's funny how it's funny how you don't like know like because like of. of Things are the way they are, and you don't really know that it's mm-hmm. weird until much later mm-hmm. because you don't have anything to compare yeah, it to. Exactly. Yep. Like I didn't really. I mean, I had there was some stuff I knew was off, but some a lot of stuff I didn't, and something like you know, I remember when I first realized like uh, that people didn't go to church like eighteen times a week. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, everybody don't <laughs> go to church. Y'all don't go to church on Sundays. What? Y'all don't go to church eighteen times a week, really? I mean, oh I, knew, I, I knew my world was a little <laughs> bit different because my auntie lived next door. My auntie was way more liberal than my mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're sisters. Yeah. So you I could got see it. the contrast. Exactly. Yeah. I, I saw all the freedom that my friends had. I was like, wait a minute. Y'all don't got to go home and watch kids. Y'all don't got to get up in the morning and take y'all sister, walk y'all sister to school, comb their hair and walk them to school, then go make sure y'all home on time so I can pick up y'all sister from school and take them home and start dinner. Y'all don't got to do that. And they was like, hell no, we go outside and play. I was like, I want to go outside and play. I got shit to do. They was like, shit. Uh, you was mama number two. I you was, was mama number, number, number one and a half. <laughs> so yeah, 2.0. Shit. Yeah. There was yeah. no maliciousness, I'll say this on my mom's part. It really was out of fear. It was a single mom mm-hmm. in the 80s trying to raise a, a, boy, a boy by herself. Mm-hmm. And, she, yeah. and she was 16 when she had me, so she was real young. Yeah. And so she didn't know no better. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, well, Jesus will do it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So that's what, that's what we did. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom. She lost her faith at one point in time after my grandma passed away, so she didn't really have like a strong faith. I always had my faith because my grandmother had instilled that in me, and I always try to tell my mom, like you know, even though things happen, and I'm sad that my grandma passed away and everything, but you still got to keep your faith. You know, God will never forsake you. You're Christian why. too, right, Pip? Mm, I was or, born. Or your or your spirituality. Okay. But, yeah, I, no, no, I'm not really. <laughs> you, believe, you, believe, you believe in God. I believe in the concept. I believe in, I, I'm not a Christian. No. Okay. Okay. I'm not a Christian. I don't follow a Christian. I do believe in Jesus, and okay. I believe in the teachings of Jesus. Okay. But I also believe in the teachings of Buddha, and I right. believe in the teachings of... But do you believe in God? I believe in the idea. <laughs> 
<laughs> what does that even mean? Well, I believe that God is, I don't think that there's an entity of God. I think that God is broader than that. I think God is everything and in everything. And, you know, it's, it's more mind than okay. actual, actual entity. Okay. So you're a little bit more along the lines that I'm kind of, I, I kind of move back and forth between atheist and agnostic I'm more agnostic, probably. <clears throat> but I basically think this, that either A, there's no God. B, if there is a God, he is nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing like what we've been taught in any right. of the religions. Well, because man has made God into his own image. Right. Mm. And so God's like us, which right. is corrupt and horrible. <laughs> right. And then, exactly. So we're here. Yeah. And so that's what that's what I believe. I believe either he doesn't exist or he's nothing like what. You know, yeah, that's why I I believe in that broader idea that God is an ideal that we would love to achieve and and understand. And when things work out well, that's God. (laughs) And but it's again, for me, it's it's more theoretical. Yeah, I just yeah, I I, I tried. I tried. And I I was a firm believer. I was when when I was young because I'd had to believe. I just I felt an inside that I needed to believe desperately for it to be true. Mm -hmm. And and I tried my faith and it just no. It just didn't work out. See, I was the opposite. I never really believed, even when I was in it. I never really 100, you know what I mean? I always had these doubts and I always felt disingenuous and I always felt guilty because I felt like I was faking. Yeah. I was faking the funk. I really did because believe. Because I, I never 100% believed. I'm a believer. I believe. But I think that's also the thing that made me actually, or makes me, a good actor. Like, I can buy into it because <laughs> right. I want it to be true and I want to be there. And it, when I started having doubts and actually what made what made my faith really what hurt my faith was other people because I started saying having questions. And then the answers they had was I because I said so or the Bible said so. Oh, no, and I'm like, ridiculous. OK, well, that's not an answer. No, I don't like that. That's why you know what? That's why I really I haven't really been able to find like a home church that that I want to go to. I really don't go to church that much, but I am like a a very strong believer. And I just don't like that. You can have your own relationship with whatever you believe in or whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? You can have your own relationship. It's not about, oh, you got to follow these these Mm -hmm. type of rules because that goes against everything that you are supposed to be teaching about. I'm so sorry. Everything that you're supposed to be teaching about the Bible and everything like that. All right. That's why. That's, right. that's the only thing that I don't like about you. Supposed to be so. You're, it's supposed to be a welcoming religion, but people feel so unwelcome there to to, to be themselves. I really dislike religion. Man, I, I just I really dislike religion. There's a lot of good people who are religious people, and I don't have any problem with them. But the institution of religion, I don't think highly of it. Yeah. Um. There's like I said, there's a lot of good good people that are in it. But in its core, it was I feel like it just was created just to manipulate people and to control mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And and that's what it does and create fear and, oh, you yeah. know, all these different tools and avenues to control people and their behavior. So I have no use for it. I give two fucks about it. I feel the same way. But then I, 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 uh, I I'm like you in that I see also like people like Bishop Don Juan who mm-hmm. like like the his religious experience changed his right person and who right. he was in his mindset and that's great for him and that works for him same thing with my mom my mom was a single mom she had three kids and she believed jesus was gonna make it all right and all none of her kids went to jail all her kids went to college because of her faith in that and that helped her yeah that doesn't help me 
it don't do anything for me. Yeah. No. I can't work with it. It helped me. But so so yeah. if that works for you, that's fantastic. Right. That's mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. But the religion, however, yeah. the <laughs> institution, mm-hmm. the, exactly. that all that stuff is messed that's what up. I that's what yeah. I don't like about it. Yeah. Okay, so because of the 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 hour, we're going to cut short our uh our topics oh, this week oh man yeah yeah we'll have to get into these to these topics oh, later on good ones too yeah we do have some good ones i know i was but, ready well our guests they you know what they never they always stay longer than they it's say okay. <laughs> they oh, always, it was a good guest i like that i always, want to hear yeah, that yeah, story yeah. i'm just saying that they always stay longer they always they swear that they only have x amount of minutes and then they stay. and they do double that because they love us <laughs> They like us. They really, really like us. Okay, so with that, we're going to get into uh, the four Ds. <laughs> That's Dejan's dating do's and don'ts. <laughs> I cut that shorter than that. I guess I do. I like that. I'll be feeling Mary. That's church right there. I'll be feeling Mary. I'm sorry. I, I am. I'm feeling Mary J. Blige. What's up, world? It's your girl, Dijon Monique, and I am your dating guru, and I am going to give you some dating do's and don'ts. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to give you, serve you up your four Ds. So last segment was all about side chicks, right? Infamous right, yes. side chicks mm-hmm. and, you know, getting, giving you that juice. But this segment, in honor of the magic Don, the Bishop Magic Don Juan, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you guys some realty. I'm going to tell everybody out there how to be a successful hoe. Wow. Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, my disclaimer, like always, <laughs> right? I'm not a hoe. <laughs> I'm not saying I condone being a hoe. But just to be real, it's hoes out there. And then at one point in your life, you probably didn't come across a hoe. So, I'm going to let you know what to do. So, buckle up. Number one. Keep your eye on the prize, all right? Get in, get your goal, and get out, all right? With that being said, have a goal. Don't just be loosey-goosey out here. Have a goal, okay? Keep your eye on the prize, all right? Number two, don't be lazy. Your time is your money. See, other people, when they have a life, they have, you know, their, their value of what they do in their work that that's their value but your time that's your value so you have to make sure that every minute of your time you have getting your ultimate value okay so make your time count for you make sure you throw some tricks in there all right don't be boring don't be stagnant spice it up you have to outperform other people so make sure you have all that into consideration your time is your money and number three last but not least We've heard the Bishop Magic Don Juan say anything can happen. You can walk up to a car and get shot five times and not even be ready. So protect yourself at all times. If it's anything that we know is protect your neck. So protect yourself at all times out there in these streets. Remember your dating do's and don'ts. For a lot of people, the risk is not worth the reward. But we've all thought about it. 
And, and at least I have, all right? So if you guys need more advice, write into us, all right? Let me know what you want for your relationships. Let me know what you're thinking about, any topics that you guys have out there. Write into me. I have all the information. I have all the knowledge out there for you guys, all right? So that's it for me. Those are my three topics. Make sure you guys are safe in the streets and uh, enjoy your life. Wait, so you saying being a hoe, <laughs> is this professional? No, I have the same question. I had the same question. Or you just mean like a lifestyle, like... It all depends on how far you want to go so with it. I'm just telling you how to be exactly. Set your goals. <laughs> this set weekend, goals. I'm going to suck how, five dicks. There you go. Start small. <laughs> how to be the best hoe that you can yeah, be it's just how to be in 2018. Successful. You might start small and be like, you know what? I got a real knack for this. <laughs> and you I might, need more dicks. Yeah, I could be a professional. And there you go. Be yeah. a pro. Okay. Okay. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to give you guys something. We have Magic Down One in the building. It was sex positive. I like that. Yes. Yes. Okay. So here we go with the hypothetical question of the week. Mr. Pip to the Lily, would you please read the question, sir? My pleasure. Thank you. Jane lies and says Paul was coming on to her to make her new boyfriend, Teddy, jealous. Jane goes to the bathroom and Teddy confronts Paul. They argue, fight, and Teddy stabs Paul to death. Should Jane be charged with anything? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You had an immediate response. Uh Uh-huh. What what do you think, Dejan? Um, yeah. Jane, she's a a... what is it? A co? Is it a co-conspirator? Or, okay. cons- or is she just a conspirator? She's a conspirator. She started it all over a false thing. Jane, you should. You got to go down, baby girl. What do, what do you think, Pip? Well, Jane didn't cause Teddy to stab Paul. However, mm-hmm. it is the information that she gave to Paul that that got the things wrong. So I think she should be charged with something. She 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 is responsible in some way for this death. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't I don't know if I would go down to murder or anything like that. But yeah, she should be charged with something. Oh yeah, she should be charged. You know, I, I don't know if it could be second degree or, or whatever the case may be. Because I, I, I don't know all the legal legalities of it. But she shouldn't go scot free for this. Mm-mm. Hell no. Okay, so this is the way I'm gonna answer the question. I believe under the current laws, I don't think she can be prosecuted for this. I don't think. Right. And if I'm correct, you know, then I would say then, you know, according to the law, she shouldn't. However, I think we should change the laws and we should change it to something like along the lines. You know how if someone is committing a felony and then someone is killed during the course of that felony. It doesn't matter who kills the person or how they die. They could trip on a rock. Yeah. And if they hit their head and die, then you can be charged with, with, with felony, uh, felony uh, murder, murder. Yeah. felony homicide. Yeah. Uh, the police can shoot the person or whatever. It doesn't matter. If you are involved in that felony, then you can be charged with, with the murder. And I like that. I like that. I don't, I don't get it. It basically means a harder charge, a bit more with more maximum sentence. So no, if I was robbing no. a bank and somebody has a heart attack and dies, I could be charged with murder? No, no, it has to be because no, no, no. It like like this. If you if you and I are robbing a bank mm-hmm. and say uh I end up getting shot by the police, mm-hmm. you can be charged with my murder. Oh wow. Or if an innocent bystander okay. gets gets shot, 
by uh, a cop or it's your fault. Yes, yeah, right, you, exactly. Right. Okay, you haven't been robbing a bank. None yeah. of that would happen. Right, exactly. Right. I got it. I got it. Okay. So I'm thinking that we should create something like that, akin to you know lying, because lying currently is not illegal, right? But I do feel like. It, it, it's yeah. petty as fuck. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's, like we always say, there's there's levels to this shit. Mm-hmm. And if you're lying about who you dating and if you're being faithful, whatever, whatever, that is that is what it is. Hey, everybody. This is your boy, Dino Red. And I interrupt this program to tell you, due to technical difficulties beyond our control, the last 20 to 25 minutes of this show has been interrupted and has been lost due to some sort of foul error corruption. We sincerely apologize to all of our listeners, our guest, the Bishop Don Magiguan, his manager, Queen, and all of our fans. Uh, we're very sorry. It's one of those things that happen, you know, human error. We try to avoid these things as much as possible, but from time to time, these things happen. So what you missed in the show, the rest of the show that you won't hear, that I will try to recreate to the best of my ability in the next show, Um, there was a a two-and-a-half-minute outtake from the Evening Radio podcast where Jason uh, left a message for Dejan Monique. There was uh, a special shout-out to Maurice Montgomery, for uh, sharing the show and just being a great listener. There was a special thanks to John from the uh, Brand X podcast for checking us out and sharing the show and shouting us out out on Twitter. And a special thank you from a listener named, that goes by the handle Pop Pencil. Uh, I believe it's a she. I don't know for sure, but she uh, gave a very generous donation. And we thank you very much for that. Again, we will try to recreate this, uh, this, this, this missing uh, segments or the, to the best of our ability. There was also a feedback mail from Baylor the Great and the driver. So driver and Baylor the Great, we will play those on the next show. And also uh, some feedback from Chaz. Chas Samuel Jr. Okay. Thank you guys again. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for riding with us. We love you all. So it's Dino Red saying, I'll let your boy. From all of our crew to listeners like you, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Shiznit. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show. Check out our website, theshiznitshow.com, or hit us up on Facebook under The Shiznit. Follow us on Twitter at The Shiznit Show. Write to us at theshiznitshow at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail and make it sexy at 424-261-4878. This has been... The Shiznit. You're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network.